Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. The Blast from Our Past Network. So this is something crazy. We have a Patreon and people actually, they actually subscribe to us. And we have a new Patreon uh, subscriber, uh, Jai Edwards. Uh, we want to say at the top, thank you so much for subscribing. I don't know. Th- this is kind of wild, Dustin. What do you think? Having people who actually like are willing to... No, we appreciate it so much. So hopefully we'll keep making some content that you can enjoy. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, I mean, deep down, James, James just wants you to, he wants that money. <laughs> we got to support James. Anyway, yeah, we, I'm going broke We got to support guys. James. James is, he's hard off, guys. But uh, Jai Edwards, thank you so much for uh, becoming a Patreon subscriber. And uh, yeah, I, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. to action action the podcast that watches all the action movies that exist in the world and put them on our list we are on the bfop network uh this week on the podcast we watch invasion usa this movie's nuts <laughs> merry christmas guys merry christmas i've never heard of this film before but before we get into this fucking batshit insanely nihilistic film uh <laughs> my name is john like i said and i'm with my co-hosts every week james yeah and dustin hey whoa i'm the crazy guy this week holy <laughs> shit you just blew my ear james can we fix that in post? that is mike can we fix that in post <laughs> i don't know yeah uh, probably not <laughs> so before we get into this movie like we always do let's talk about the things that we watched this week uh i think we can start with uh james all right well um I watched uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, I started with um, Monster Hunter. Okay. Oh, is that the... It's the 1981. Oh, never mind. I thought it was something else. So, 1981. um, Let's see. It's an Italian movie. I thought it was that more recent Mila Jovovich thing. It's a 2021, yeah. Is it called Absurd? Oh, Absurd. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Absurd. Sort of a sequel to Anthropophagus. A priest pursues a violent madman who can Um, heal himself from any injury. It's actually really good. Yeah? Yeah. You gotta go back and watch the the first one. I didn't even know there was a first one. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those Italian things where they're they're not really connected, but they were marketed as sequels in some... Right. There's actually some really good death scenes, and uh, it's just kind of like... Uh, a maniac slasher yeah. style movie. And uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. That's one that's still on my watch list. I've seen, I've seen Anthropophagus, which is like the, the, so the quote unquote first one, but uh, I need to see that one still. 
Yeah, so I quite enjoyed that. So I would say check that movie out if you can. I watched it on Tubi. I watched uh, another movie on Tubi called Angel Town. Have you right. ever heard of I this saw, one? I saw you post about it. Yeah, it's one I used to see at the video store all the time. I never, never watched it. His Justice is one on one. <laughs> Just so you know, John. This movie... I feel like there's a lot there to make it a good movie. Maybe it's just the actor isn't... It's Oliver Gruner, isn't it? Yeah, he's just not up to snuff, maybe. I don't know. But uh, it just kind of dragged. Like, it's only... Like 75 minutes long? No, it's like uh, 102 minutes long. So... (laughs) That's, that's kind of that's outside of your wheelhouse. That's long for you, James. Yeah. It's so, oh, you said it's only. Well, I say only like for regular people. <laughs> so for me, it was just too much. It, it had some interesting stuff in it, but I don't know. Take it or leave it. Whatever. So that's your uh, that's your secret destroy your sink or swim. I guess I'm destroying that. Uh, another movie I watched that I've never seen before. I watched on, uh, I don't know, one of the streaming services. Twins. Twins? Yeah. Never seen it. Wow. It's, uh, it was always kind of like on my list. So I just figured, what the hell? I remember really liking that movie. It's been years since I saw it though. I actually really liked it. Yeah. Like really enjoyed it. Like way too much. (laughs) 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 It's just like, it's like. Arnie in his like prime of like everything. He's like in his prime. It's the 80s, but also in his comedic prime too. Right. He's found that groove. Like he's just killing it. And uh, just like the contrast with the two of them um, with Danny DeVito is just perfect. Yeah, I got to I got to rewatch that. Honestly, it it's a really good watch. Like it's if it was on TV, I would definitely stop and watch it. Supposedly a sequel coming soon. Yeah, that's what somebody on Instagram can't, was can't saying. Can't imagine that'll be good though. I mean, I mean, who knows, but who knows. Uh and then uh another uh destroy <laughs> would be Last Man Standing. The Bruce Willis movie? The TV show? No, a.k.a. Circle Man. Oh, Last Man on Earth. Circle Man? I don't know this. Okay, this is a Vernon Wells movie. Okay. This is a 1987 Vernon Wells movie. Villain from Commando? Yeah. Not good. Hmm. Not good. Very slow. Um, You do get some good fight scenes in the second half of the movie. Um, Yeah. I would say pass. I've never heard of that one. <laughs> An impoverished, over-the-hill Australian boxer is forced to enter the bare-knuckle fight arena in order to survive. Yeah, I just... That was another Tubi. You just thought, what the hell? <laughs> you know? So you're productive this week. Why not? John's like, rat. <laughs> and, uh, and the last thing is I finished off Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so... And you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I think it... Uh, Obviously, it's different than the anime, so it it had a different twist, which I I liked actually. It um, because of the way th- this series is different from the anime, that I'm glad that they at least did this. So kind of step made it its own thing in a way. Oh yeah, it totally made it its its own thing. So nice. Yeah, I, I will have to eventually get around to that. Have you started that? Weren't you going to watch that? I will get to it. I do things in a very, I, I do things in a, um, 
I don't know what the I don't I don't know the, what what the manic the right term is. <laughs> I will just be like, I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I put it off for like two years, <laughs> and then I boom, and then I'll consume like fourteen hours of something in a weekend. Right. Like you know what I mean? Mm. Like I'll just that's I, I fifth. You know I I I'll watch three seasons of a show. You know, like in one go. Like I. I Right. I I have a hard time. Like I was talking about this with somebody recently about how like I haven't watched so many quote unquote important movies. Like I haven't watched like Forrest Gump or like what's that? Gen A. What's the (laughs) what's the fucking movie? Finding. Fuck. Yeah. I'm thinking finding forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, what's the movie where they the Steven Spielberg movie where they like have to find the fucking soldier? Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, like that. Like I just like that's actually a fucking good movie. It is okay, a good movie. Okay, so I can't explain it. Like I'm, tr- it's that people talk about these things and they get me into a headspace where I just go defensive for lack of a better word well i think we all have that to some extent like uh say an album is overhyped or a movie is overhyped whatever it is and you just for whatever reason in this particular case sometimes you join the hype and you're like yeah i'm excited for this thing other times for whatever reason your brain's like you know what fuck that thing yeah so i just <laughs> haven't watched like schindler's list like these important films yeah i haven't watched that either like i, I you know here's the thing guess what i'm never watching schindler's list don't need it when would you ever be in the mood like <laughs> hey i'm in the mood throw on throw on schindler's list and that's yeah. and that's part of the also it's other part of the problem it's you like, missed the prestige season that it was a part of so you no longer need to be part of the conversation about Schindler's yeah, List. Yeah, so I don't it's need all, that. Everything that's, that needs to be said that's about Schindler's like, List has already been said. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, if you're 16 years old, hey, go watch Requiem for a Dream, okay? Watch the director's cut. Fuck your shit up, <laughs> right? Like, but if you're like 40 years old and you haven't seen Requiem for a Dream and you've lived a life and you have kids <laughs> and you have a family, I'm like, hey, dude, maybe skip it. Might not be for you. <laughs> um, you might not need those visuals in your head. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love Liza. Some Guess, of those. Some of those are still there. Some of those visuals. Yeah, I'm not watching <laughs> Love Liza again. Oof. I own the House of Sand and Fog. Guess what? I'm never watching again. Like I just. <laughs> these I are all really depressing movies I, we're talking about now. I just don't need this shit anymore. And the thing is, is like you're talking to somebody who fucking loved that stuff. Yeah. And I still I mean, do. When you're younger. You kind of want to wallow in some of your depression, though. I remember. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I remember sitting in your CD, drugged down into an apartment, watching Dear Zachary. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> Drug den is a little dramatic. Uh, it was a little accurate. dramatic. But it was the first time I watched people just do ca- coke casually. I remember watching Dear Zachary at your apartment when we used to live. Remember when we like live kitty corner? Yeah. To each other, like and like I don't need that again. Like if for anybody out there who's watched Dear Zachary, it's an amazing film. You should watch it if you have the emotional, <laughs> the, fortitude, the intestinal fortitude. It's just, but it's like fuck, man. Sometimes these movies just kind of gut yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And it it's not that I can't see a depressing movie and appreciate it now, but I'm usually not going searching for them. Mm. But 
But we used to, like, I used to search for them. Like, oh, yeah. I know my friends and everything. We used to, like, look for them. Like, we would be like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, this is a movie about Philip Seymour Hoffman getting addicted to fucking huffing. Um, <laughs> Airplane air, model air, glue. Airplane. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it was, was gasoline. Uh, gasoline. Oh, gas, yeah, yeah. Um, like. That is a depressing. We're going to watch, and is. we're going to watch this twice. <laughs> I prefer that it's always Sunny getting addicted to huffing gasoline take on things. I don't know. Oh, Nowadays, I, I just want to like escape. I yeah. don't want to, you know, yeah. be reminded of my miserable life. For yeah, sure. pretty much. It's like, oh, you know what? Uh, Reckon for a Dream is a really good, well-made movie. I need to watch that director's cut. I need to see that last scene. You know what I mean? Like, it, no, I have the DVD. Haven't watched it, and I don't know. Why? Why, why would you ever? No, I don't think I'm, I'm likely. Why would to ever you ever turn it on? It's just misery porn. Like mm-hmm. it's, and it's still one of the best movies ever made. Like it's an amazing film, but it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What was wrong with us? I don't know. We were twenty and depressed. <laughs> 22, 25, well, whatever. Yeah, now I'm almost 40 and depressed. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, I like weed and Skittles. And like, it's always Skittles. Sunny. You got any Skittles? <laughs> I'm sure there's Skittles upstairs. Yeah. Uh, well, John, did you watch anything? Uh, yeah, I did. I watched two movies. Uh, I watched Pig. Nice. I haven't seen it yet. Nick Cage. I cried. I totally cried a little bit in this movie. It's so good. It's a really fucking good movie. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how good it is. Uh, does it make sense? Uh, <laughs> I don't understand the world they started building necessarily. Like underground restaurant scene. Yeah, kind of thing. I don't understand that. I don't want to give too much away, but it it was uh, it was a really 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 good movie. Nicholas Cage is amazing. Like he's yeah, Oscar worthy, amazing. I have friends who will completely mock me for just like c- talking about how Nicolas Cage is still one of the best actors acting. Yeah, but that's because they see all the like memes and joke stuff about. Well, him. and he's also been putting out like a lot of shit for the last fifteen oh, years yeah. or whatever. A hundred percent. But that's also like the genius of <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Like really. He, I mean you can he kinda does three types of movies at this point, right? Every once in a while he'll he'll still do something like that's legitimately good, like Pig. Or he'll do something really fucking batshit crazy, like, you know, Prisoners of Ghostland or what was that? Wonky Willie's Wonderland, that kind oh, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or he'll do like this DTV stuff like we've talked about with like the John Cusack the, yeah, like the Cusack yeah. Bruce Willis type yeah. stuff right so you've got to <laughs> kind of sift I, through the cage to find the the nuggets I think he, I, I think he might be my favorite actor of all time wow like Humphrey Bogart's up there like he's my guy like as a child loving him and stuff like that but like overall people talk about like, Tom Hanks and stuff like that Man, I've watched Nicolas Cage in way more movies. I wonder <laughs> if it's something to do with, like, it's obviously the script but and the director. So it's like a certain director can get a certain performance out of Nicolas Cage. That's what I and think. And it has to be accompanied with a really good script. I think that what so has to happen he's is... He's always yeah. there. Yeah, like, he'll do the DTV stuff for a paycheck yeah yeah but if you if if you bring them him the right like fucking bananas script then he'll really get into it whether it's something that's good or not as long as it has like an appeal to him as an actor he'll right. he'll start to do his thing i totally 
think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I think that he just really wants to. I think he just likes acting. And he's willing to do whatever. I mean, for whatever tax reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, the running joke is that he does yeah. it for tax reasons. I'm sure but, we must be past that point by now. Well, he the, has so much range. Like, that's what's crazy. The guy's amazing. Even if he... So I've been thinking about... Um, uh, what the fuck? What's the movie? Bees. Yeah, the Wicker Man remake. He's exactly what that movie was. <laughs> like, he hit the tone of that movie. For sure. Like, he didn't ruin... Well, or did he make that the tone of maybe. the movie? <laughs> I like to think that he... I haven't met, seen it. I like to think that he met the filmmakers at their... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Like, that's in my head. I'm creating the... Like my own alternative history. Or he was like, this movie is boring as fuck and I need to make this into something like worthwhile. Yeah, but like I've seen the bees scene. Like I haven't seen the movie, but he's also acting with there being no bees. (laughs) Right. Right. So it's just like, okay, Cage, here, this is what we need you to do. There's a shitload of bees. (laughs) Right. And you need to scream bees, not the bees. Yeah. Well, I, I also like the sense that like there's this part of me that thinks like he's just being like, no, I'm Nicolas Cage. I'm at a point where I can just do whatever I want. And that's just what it is. Sure. And like that's kind of cool to me to be like, I'm this complete like psycho who's just yeah. going to be like... I'm just going to do this. This is my choice. And you know what you get to do? Remake your movie if you don't like it. I think you're right, though. I think he just loves acting. He just loves the craft of acting. (laughs) So he just, I don't know, how old is he? He's his 50s. So hopefully we got like at least 30 more years. (laughs) Hopefully. But he, uh, I don't know, Dustin, you've seen it. What? Pig. Pig, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's it would definitely be in my my top five so far that I've seen this year. I mean, I have not seen a lot of movies from this year, so to me, it's probably my number one, just because I haven't seen a lot of other ones. But I think he it's it's Oscar performance to me. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get nominated. He probably he might win some like you know BAFTA or Awards, you know, yeah. something like that. But, but like, I think he deserves it. Um, the, there's this running thing throughout the film, James, where he doesn't change how he looks. He looks the same. The it looks time. exactly the same from the beginning to the end. So whatever happens to him throughout the film, he wears that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if he has blood on him or dirt on him, that dirt does not. It just accumulates. Yeah, well, yeah it accumulates. And, 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 and it's it's pretty crazy to think that he looked like that and did that for well i imagine from the trailer it's just like once the pig is taken he's just obsessed with finding the pig and like i can totally see nicholas cage is just like this character is just like getting the pig back that's all that matters it doesn't matter what he looks like it doesn't matter how he treats people it's just well, like i need the pig i think what happens <laughs> is, is it's like past trauma leads him to a point where he's singularly focused on this one thing that he can save where he couldn't save something else. Right. So he's singularly focused on, I need this. Right. And it's obviously, I don't know if you would agree or not, Dustin, it's obviously filling a gap where for a past trauma that he couldn't, he, he could, he had no control. Right. And as a chef, like 
there's a comments uh, in the movie, uh, and then he actually says it at one point where he's like, I remember every dish I made. I remember every person I served. Like, this is a person who, who, who completely understands everything around him all the time, and he carries it with him. And this is all of that is is like kind of distilled into this pet pit pet pig. Mm-hmm. Pet is actually even kind of a <laughs> yeah. coarse term based <laughs> on how he feels about this pig. But it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm rambling on about this film. Doesn't? What do you think? No. Yeah. It, it's it had real emotion and genuine stuff that we haven't seen Cage do in a little while. It was a cool world to enter into. I mean, I'm not, it's maybe a little bit hard to believe that such a world exists out there this like underground chef thing almost like fight club thing going on but yeah what i mentioned to my wife was like how i like movies who treat the way that like crime movies treat drugs or bank robberies or like or like whatever like political movies treat like politics they treat them with this weight Mm -hmm. this movie treats truffles Right, yeah. And it, this stuff is important to these people in a way that, like... We could never understand. Yeah. It's, and I like how, like, you apply these, like, things. Because, like, as an outsider, you come in and you be like, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> like, this is all artifice. This is nothing. And actually, he does completely destroy everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nicholas Cage's character destroys stuff. everything in the movie. But anyway... Pig, check it out. I think it's really great. The other movie I watched is The Heart of They Fall. Oh, is that the new Western with the uh, Edris Edris Elba, Elba? I, I got to watch that. Regina yeah, King, watch that. Jonathan Majors. This movie fucking rules. Nice. <laughs> My dad told me he turned it off after like 10 minutes. He's like, a bunch of mean? fucking bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> no, he said something about this gun that Idris Elba pulled out, and he's like, nobody would have a gun like that. So he couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and I was trying to explain to him. I was like, well, Dad, you know, the West, people can use the Western genre to express different kinds of stories. It doesn't just have to be a, a hyper-realistic, historically accurate thing. And he's like, well, I don't give a shit if it's blah, blah, blah. So I, I, I like this movie. I don't like it as much as Pig. Um, I think it's really, it's a really fun movie, though. Like, so many great actors and actresses in it. Like, like uh, Adris Elba is amazing. Um, Regina King is, like, possibly my favorite actress. She's been killing it Maybe lately. even ever. Like, she's just the best. Zazie Beats is, like, so rad. Um, and Jonathan Majors is, like, um, Jonathan Majors, James, uh, you know, from uh, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. Uh, like, he's so good. Um, it's a totally different spin on what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I didn't expect it to go the way. So you have, I know very little I about it. I'm it. just really interested to watch it for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, watch it. It's really I I think you guys will like it. I just remember seeing the trailer and the um the train scene. Yeah, I think you guys might have huge problems with it cuz it's not a perfect movie, but I, I only watch perfection, John. Uh, I'm going to try to watch it by the time we record next week so we can all bring it yeah, up. Yeah, so it's really good. Um, I know what last thing I want to talk about, though, uh, uh, Dustin, is uh, I know you watched Ghostbusters. Yeah, we talked about it a little on here last week, but also I uh, I did the, the BFOP Network Roundtable episode about the new Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I, did you like it? Yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed it. 
Um, it might have been a, a thing of going in with low expectations, but I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and I, what I wanted to do is I want to kind of wrap up the fact that you watch Ghostbusters Afterlife, and James, you watched the new um, Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to discuss something that was, uh, I think that we, nobody here is necessarily like impressed with how we just keep turning over and like trying to cultivate like old reboots and yeah. remakes and. But I think that when we do, when we are faced with watching a new version of something that we liked as a child, that sometimes I think that we need to give up a little bit of like, this isn't the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's a new, like you have to look at it with fresh eyes. It can be a hard thing because I think you're right. But I think, you know, if you are saying like, this is that thing, we're connecting it to that thing then people have certain expectations, right? Because, but the thing is nothing can ever live up to that because you saw, let's say you watched the original Ghostbusters when you were a kid, it has a special place. It cemented itself in your brain at a certain age in a certain way. Of course, watching a sequel to that movie that comes out, you know, 40 years later is not going to be the same thing. And it's not going to be able to hit those same, you're, you're older, you're a different person. So you have to be open to, experiencing whatever this new thing is this new imagining of this thing sometimes your brain just won't let you though it's true sometimes i can't get over the hurdles i mean it's like going to a concert for your favorite band and all they play is their new shit (laughs) right it's like yeah that's possible i don't want to hear your new shit (laughs) yeah but so but i think there's a there's a difference though in the sense that when ghostbusters 2 came out and it sucked and everybody who watched Ghostbusters 2 of a certain age is going to say Ghostbusters 2 was trash. I mean, I think it has its fans now, but it was definitely a stinker at the time. But we don't, we don't, we're not going to be like, fuck the first movie. No, for sure. Right? Whereas now we're like, well, you've ruined Ghostbusters 2 for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, one of the guys on the round table kind of made that argument. Did, but... he, ru- did he ruin Ghostbusters Well, no, 2? he was saying they kind of retroactively ruined one of the characters for him from the original Ghostbusters movies by sort of rewriting history in a way. Um, I didn't necessarily agree with him that that's what happened. Did you but fight him? I could No, but I could see did why you, someone would feel that way. Do you say you would fight him online? In no, some, in some type of duel, a joust, possibly, where you used the the space bar as like. Well, no, but now now I'm all starting now, to want to. Now do I'm that. envisioning a, a a situation in which you have a, a a joust where two two foes go at each other, and the space bar is like how you like <laughs> tr- you go at each other, and wow. then you have to hit the enter at the right time to hoist them from his seat saddle. Uh, I do feel like. Like when Ninja Turtles was remade, right? I just felt like oh yeah, the everyone new, was like fuck this. Yeah, like it, it was just <laughs> everyone horrible. from a certain age. Group. Yeah, yeah. But new kids re- could watch it and get and yeah. enjoy it. And I could see how new kids would enjoy. That's it, a reboot though. That's sure, a, that's different than okay. A, whatever, it doesn't really matter if it's a reboot or a sequel. I, I think the difference is, is that like one is trying to like reconfigure what what happened originally. Whereas, like, this movie seems to be more of a... Yeah, the, the Ghostbusters Afterlife is actually, like, the third yeah. part, chrono- like, chronologically. Yeah. Like, you know, it forgets the, the one from a few years but back. You're right in the sense, James, that whereas, like, Cowboy Bebop obviously is, like, a reimagining. Yeah, it's a like, reimagining. Like, like Ninja Turtles is. 
Yeah, exactly. So you can appreciate it or not appreciate it. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't it, fucking matter. It's if you well, <laughs> like it's kind of like <laughs> at the end of the day. At the end of the day, whatever you like it or you don't like it. I think it's just an interesting. Why com- are we here? It's just a kind of an interesting <laughs> conversation. We're all gonna. <laughs> well, now you're me. We're all gonna die. So who cares? I mean, we're like thirty minutes in. Yeah, we're thirty minutes in, and, and I still haven't talked got- about my shit. I'll just I'll just quickly uh, mention a couple things I watched. Uh, Seek for me is the new Ridley Scott movie, The Last Duel. And did you guys have you seen ads for this at all? It's Matt Damon, yeah, Adam Driver, yeah. Jodie Comer, yeah. and uh, Dan yeah. Affleck. Briefly, Disney did bury this. It did not do well at the theaters. Came out just like yeah, a month or so ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, millennials are the problem. <laughs> well, I don't know what the problem is. Oh, but have you not heard Ridley Scott? I heard him. Yeah. Uh, the movie is fucking awesome. It's so good. It's it's it kind of tricks you into thinking it's one sort of thing because it's Ridley Scott directing a period epic kind of movie and this you is, you know what you're getting when you get that from him. But this is written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Is that right? I, I didn't even know so. that. And they brought in a woman, I believe, to write the third. Okay, because it's kind of a Rashomon thing, right? It is a Rashomon thing. So I they, didn't know that going into so it. So I've heard that, and I know they brought in another writer, okay. who was a woman. Yeah. To write from a different perspective because they're like, I don't have the capacity to write from... That makes sense to me, um, hearing you say that. Um, It's really fucking well done. So you're thinking, okay, this is just another like swords and knights and thing, like Gladiator or whatever, mm -hmm. one of these types of movies, Kingdom of Heaven that he's done in the past. And so all that stuff is great because he does that stuff really well. Everything looks like it should look, the costumes, the sets, the locations, all that shit. But then as you're going, and it, it, like John is saying, it's this Rashomon thing where you get the story from one character's perspective, then like, you know, 45 minutes in, we switch and we're like, okay, now here it is from this other, the other character's perspective. And then the last part is the third perspective. And by the time you get to that one, you're like, oh shit, this movie is totally about something different than what I thought it was about. Uh, so I thought it was really cleverly put together. Ben Affleck is fucking awesome in it i think he steals the show which i was really surprised i didn't even realize it was him for uh, at first it does not surprise me i (laughs) going back to the armageddon going back to the armageddon (laughs) he was just as good (laughs) i love ben affleck uh all the acting is fucking good but yeah it's really clever because it kind of tricks you into thinking it's one sort of movie and then uh reveals its themes late in the in the movie but that's all i'll say about it is is one of the best movies i've seen so far this year too bad really scott's uh ridley scott he's grumpy and i i kind of get a little bit of why he's grumpy. He's like a hundred years old yeah shut the fuck up <laughs> shut the fuck up uh but it's true nobody went to see it and this kind of big that's budget not... studio epic we're not going to get more no, of these no but the problem with this movie though is is that like we need I, to keep this up. I get it. But the problem with this movie is that it was buried by Disney after they purchased Warner Brothers um, and they buried this film. Yeah, I don't um, know about all that stuff. So, like, the so. reason this movie has not gotten the release and everything. Right. It, it, I did see trailers for it, but not it, much. It is. But, like, if you go back, go back and look at all the films that have come out since the merger and how they have been completely buried. All the films have been completely buried. Sure, I can I can and see that. But uh, at the same time, it's also the kind of movie that 
a mass audience isn't terribly interested in anymore. 1987, they would have been. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. They might be. I mean, people are into the crown and shit like that. Yeah, I, but that's adults watching long form storytelling at home on their televisions. Like, what's the difference? This is like sounds like it was like people three don't. Hours people long. aren't motivated to get out to the theater anymore. It's two and a half hours long, and it should have been three hours long. Yeah. Uh, my destroy wow. this week. So this is a movie that James should double not watch. <laughs> my destroy this week. Uh, sadly is Last Night in Soho the new movie by Edgar Wright oh man I hear this movie is absolute garbage Uh, I mean I've heard a lot of mixed things some people really like it Uh, I didn't think it sucked I just it just didn't come together for me the story did not draw me in it looks great the the actors are good the music's cool Um, you know so visually it's interesting it's just the story i didn't care for it at all so at the end it just left me feeling very bleh on the whole thing so i was depressed because i've liked everything he's done up to this point it sucks but i will be interested to hear you know john if you watch it at some point like I w- yeah i'm gonna watch that but I, you did what was the one that you didn't like though you weren't a fan of Shaun of the dead though like you didn't what? like that movie at all what yeah, what are you, you said about? We, we saw it in the theater. You're like, this movie is trite. It's like boring. <laughs> it's making up shit now. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie for Christmas. All right, Dustin, tell us about this film. Invasion USA. Hey, maybe let's play a trailer first. No one thought it could ever happen here. They are an army of international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. Invasion USA. All right, let me give you the synopsis here. Directed by Joseph Zito, 1985 film starring Chuck Norris and Richard Lynch, among others. The synopsis is, a one-man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion. (laughs) There you go. <laughs> this movie is fucking the most nihilistic <laughs> bananas film I've ever seen. Uh, I think it's accurate. Yeah. So the reason I picked this movie is that I heard it was a Christmas action film. Figure we need to get a good Christmas action film. In. I mean, there's barely any Christmas. There's so much Christmas. <laughs> Well, I There's mean, There's more than, uh, you know, like Dark Angel had a little tiny touch of Christmas in it. Yeah, well, that's because in this movie, they're in a mall at some point. They're in a mall, but there's some Christmas music. There's people doing uh, their trees the in their yard. Before they kill all those children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. wait, let's talk about the opening before the movie starts. These people are all trying to come over on a boat from Cuba, get into the States. <laughs> yeah. They see what they think is a Coast Guard boat and they're worried that they're going to get arrested but then the guys on the boat are like no it's cool you're welcome to america and then they just pull out machine guns and fucking kill all these men women and children just like fucking slaughter them so this is like in the first five minutes i'm like holy shit it sets the tone it does set a tone (laughs) this is unlike any chuck norris movie i've ever seen or heard of (laughs) 
<laughs> this movie is so fucking dark. It's crazy. I know. It's I think crazy. that's why it's actually awesome. They kill <laughs> so many kids in this movie. A lot of children die. Yeah. So many children die in this film. Like, I think this might be the most, like, kid-killing film I've seen ever. So, so this movie is, like, like, if they made this movie today, it would be about how we're being infiltrated by foreign entities online that are manipulating America and putting people against each other. This is just the 80s version, action movie version of it. That's how I see it. I see it it as being like... It's brutal. It is brutal. This is fucked up. But I've always been... Since 9-11, I've always been like, fucking these terrorists suck at their job of being like actual terrorists. They're not actually doing a very good job. They're not killing that many people. Right, it's not about poison that. a fucking well, like, like you know what I mean? Like, well, how did you feel a, these guys did in this movie? They did a great job <laughs> of inciting terror. Like, these are true terrorists. Like, like we, we, I have to take my goddamn shoes off at the airport because somebody blew up a building once. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like these guys actually incited terror. I mean, they their plan. Okay, so they just they arrive on a bunch of boats, almost like Normandy or something. Yeah, they all yeah, come yeah. flying onto the beach after that man brutally murders those that couple that are like having sex on the beach. He just shoots them in the head, and then so hundreds of them coming off these boats, mm-hmm. and there's all they've got all these like semi trucks ready for them to all, and they're all going to different parts of America to sow chaos basically, and, which is and like, turn people against each which other. Which is like the thing is like I don't know, maybe I'm. A- crazy person i've had these conversations with people being like if you were going to be a terrorist what would you do like like because realistically like terror doesn't really happen in north america like we had one attack other than that it's just been like fucking lonely white boys or like mm-hmm. okay white so supremacists what's interesting about that is after 9-11 which there's an a, amazing podcast out there called 912. In that podcast, they talk about everything that happened after 9-11. In one of those episodes, they talk about how they had the CIA bring in all these Hollywood directors and movie makers because they had a failure of creativity of how terrorists would attack America. <laughs> wow. So... And they had so. Did they get a hold of Joseph Zito here in the Canon Film Group? <laughs> yeah. They they actually had uh, Stephen E. D'Souza. Okay. And he had so they each had like certain missions and certain uh, targets, and his target was NASA, and he had to put a sticker on a certain spot in the NASA facility, and he was able to do it. I would have fucking Jesus. ruled at this job. I mean, this is I actually think like this is this is brilliant obviously in the 80s like this is brilliant. But right, like this is before we've had all this stuff to look back like, on now. But when you talk about 9/11, yeah, they they're not doing a good job. I mean, the whole point is to create fear with such a small amount of people. And they certainly did that. They did that. Uh, this movie totally succeeds. 
in what it's trying to do. They do the best job of scaring the fucking shit out of me. Right. And oh, they yeah. do, and then, you know, they send um, these guys, They some of them dress as cops, and they go yeah. and hassle certain groups in the community that they know will react and then think and, that the cops are after them and, and then start fighting the police. And then mow down women. And children, yeah, just like blow up all those houses, and, and just like yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, the, the scene. Yeah, so then after that, they go. It's like Christmas in Florida, uh, and our our villain played by Richard Lynch. Uh, what is his name? Here? He's so scary. Uh, Mikhail Rostov. Uh, him and his crew. They pull up. All these people are like, got their, their there's Christmas music playing. The people have decorated their houses with the lights and everything. And he just starts indiscriminately firing rocket launchers into the houses okay. full of families so, and blowing them up. I know we're jumping way ahead, but when he just blows up those houses... Like the little girl runs in after putting the angel on the tree outside, and then he shoots a rocket in there and so blows them up. That's crazy. Like, this is so... I don't think... This people, is full throttle cannon. Like, Yeah, people... Uh, this might be the most terrifying terrorist movie I've ever seen like these people are the most like scalpel these surgically yeah, they're the most ruthless terrorists uh, single minded they're, they're not holding back right no they're not holding but that's why I think this movie is so genius I, I feel like the only part it fails in is Chuck Norris Chuck Norris <laughs> right? sucks like, in this movie. I well, he say, does what he needs to do in he, this movie, and they don't have they don't yes, have to give him any drama. He's got two uh, I agree. I agree. He's got two Uzis like a gunslinger. Which which is awesome. I feel like that is awesome. But I feel like if you replaced him with any other action hero from the eighties, this movie would be next level. Obviously, they wouldn't do a movie like this because it's way too it's so violent. Violent, it's right? It's so crazy. I think this but, movie would be really good as Seagal. Well, this was pre-Seagal era, right? But can you imagine I think if Stallone, Seagal... Stallone. Stallone would have actually ruled. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, because those guys have... You know, even Stallone, even in something like Cobra, he has a certain character, a certain charisma that comes yeah. across. But Chuck still, Norris is just fucking Chuck Norris. Yeah. I at least appreciated that they didn't really give him much to do other than kick ass and say one-liners because that's all he's capable of, right? He, yeah, but uh, Stallone has the ability to be an everyman. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. kind of his entire thing. That's Chuck what, Norris is not an everyman. No. And oh, he, not he is all. like a fucking god of warriors, right? Yeah. yeah. Stallone, I think, has always been trying... Stallone has always been a, been special, like, in his group. And he's obviously this... this, this incredibly successful actor and director and writer mm -hmm. but he always has been striving to be like i am this every man who is put into a situation and he's done it well in he, rocky rambo like he's done that character in cobra and well. in, in, in things right like even in, listen in, to all this praise being heaped on stallone here. yeah this is odd <laughs> but i mean is he the greatest every man action hero no okay can you name a better one John McClane, Bruce Willis. Yeah. First down here, Bruce Willis is the best every man. But he's a maniac, Bruce Willis. <laughs> he's a maniac. But so but Stallone would have brought like this every man I don't wanna do this. Yeah, but I'm be, doing be, it would like, definitely put a different complexion on things. I, I think it would have been it would have upped that 
to a different complete level. I'm fine with Chuck Norris in this, like I said, because he doesn't have to do too much. But I think you guys are right. That a certain actor could have elevated the movie even more. I mean, I, I'm i going to tell you, like, I think this movie is actually amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. I, I do. I had so much fun watching this. I, I think it's... It's so fun. It's so dark. Um, it's it's the most simplified. You got bad guys. Yeah, there's like to do there's one like thing. no plot that never there, slows no. down. It's only like it's, action sequences. It, it's basically. like stripped down. It's just pure action, and it's wonderful. It is the meat and potatoes action film. Like yeah. it, it just delivers. Every time we talk about watching a canon movie, this is what I want it to be. And it and it's not that often that canon actually hits all the marks that I want them to. This is that movie where it's like just it's fucking crazy. It never stops. It's just shit getting blown up like fucking crazy oh, everywhere. People dying left and right. Just, so I'll say it's a, just mayhem. A problem I had is that it wasn't the movie. It was me. It was just um, that I... What's the word? I had to watch this movie in three different... Oh, okay. Well, that breaks it up, yeah. And that sucked. Like, it just... like Things because of where we live and... Just life, yeah. Life. Like, I, I had to break up into three different watchings of... Yeah viewings of this film that's a little bit too bad because it does have a good flow and that kind of <laughs> yeah. that kind of sucks um but like chuck norris was just like the like he was the smallest thing in this movie to me like yeah i mean he he has a certain cool guy chuck norris in his i mean there's a, he has some good moments i feel like like he goes to that weird like drug den prostitution place and he's like interrogating that guy with the he puts the knife through the guy's hand and yeah that guy, i like that yeah the guy keeps running in and he's like acting like he doesn't even give a fucking shit that they're there like oh, he doesn't 100%. even stand up or anything he's just like just you know you're gonna want to leave the room otherwise i'm gonna get pissed off kind of thing yeah i thought that stuff was pretty good and like when he says i'm gonna hit you with so many rights you're gonna be begging for a left <laughs> That was a good line. <laughs> I like how he he uh, he goes into the bar and then the guy's like, "Oh, you have to leave" or whatever he says. And then he takes his hand and crushes his hand into the bottle, into the beer bottle he's holding. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just it's so good. I <laughs> I'm actually liking Chuck Norris here. Which okay, is well, weird. so this is the thing, right? Like I'd always heard that this was one of his better ones, and the Chuck Norris movies we've done have not been great, right? They've been horrible. The Octagon is one of our lowest movies. Delta Second Force lowest. was really fucking boring. So yeah, yeah but here we are. This is this is pretty good, Norris. I mean, with, this is pretty. Problem good. with this movie though is that it's not Norris that's bringing it up. Like the the I think, reason, like I said, I think he has his moments. I think he does, but like. What brings up other movies, though, is like, and I started this podcast as not being a Schwarzenegger fan, but it's like, I can't deny what he brings. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, Chuck Norris does not have the charisma of an Arnold Schwarzenegger or the intelligence of an Arnold Schwarzenegger to know no, but, how to play a scene but in a certain I'm, way. But what, this is like a, uh, a lower tier yeah, for action sure. movie. It, it, if, yeah. it hits everything you want it to. Yeah, yeah. and if we're going to grade like Hallmark movies on a curve... We gotta rate. We gotta rate canon movies on a curve, right? Oh yeah. And for a canon movie, I think this is like this is a top five for me. Yeah, top, except for top three. This is a canon movie that could be a number one that's brought down by the lead actor. I guess I don't think it brings it down, but it could have gone even higher with a better actor for well, sure. Well, that's why I'm. Uh, yeah. 
I th- I guess, you said yeah, the same yeah, thing. I guess it's I, the same thing. It's the same thing. I think it's just like uh, script wise, it fits Chuck Norris because I mean, there's not a lot there. If you had a higher tier actor, the script would have to be better. Yes, that's true. Right, he so, doesn't have to deliver a lot. He's got his one-liners, and that's pretty much all he needs to do. Well, and I can really appreciate like this formula that they have for this movie is perfect. Here's a, an action hero who's not a very good actor, but you know he looks tough. He doesn't have to do a whole lot. There's not not very much plot. Here's a bunch of one-liners. He does what he needs to do. And then we're just going to build all this other shit around him. Yeah, I mean, the it's plot like is so minimal, right? It's like, so minimal. We get very little backstory on him. He used to be like CIA or some sort of government, yeah. whatever, military thing. And he's living in the swamps at the start of the movie. He's wrestling, wrestling alligators. He has a pet armadillo, <laughs> which armadillos don't live in the swamp, I don't think. But anyway, um, <laughs> his house gets blown up by these guys. They come I on all those. armadillos live in the desert. Yeah, and they yeah exactly, and they come on all those like fan boat things. It just looks cool. It like, looks so cool. Looks like some GI Joe shit or something. Oh, 100%. Blow up his house. I love that his friend dies, and he leaves his body there, and then he intentionally burns, burns the house down. Like maybe that guy's family wanted the body. <laughs> no, but this is what's so epic about this movie is because he doesn't want anything to do with it. All this shit's happening. His friend dies. He burns the house down around him. He gets on the boat. And it's like, at that point, this is just who he is the whole movie. Yeah, that's he it. He gets on the boat. There's no more fucking around. He gets around. off the boat. He gets in the truck. And then he just starts kicking ass the whole fucking movie. I mean, yeah. And you brought up his Uzis. I love that he has these two Uzis on I love his it. harness thing for the whole movie. I mean, that's the cover. That's the VHS it's, it's cover. The, it's the cover. I remember looking at that cover many times. For some reason, never fucking rented this movie and i'm kicking myself now like this oh man you would have been so good young dustin would have loved year old dustin this movie fucking, coming all over exactly. this fucking case <laughs> can't believe i never watched it Tom. yeah so glad that we finally watched yeah yeah <laughs> um like uh yeah like like, like sleeping dan is lucky <laughs> he he was getting any chiz. Um, so, and then you get the mall scene. I mean, I mean, the mall scene's great too. The mall scene is nuts. And it's this, so nuts. This is how you know these guys are evil. They're gonna fuck with commerce at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> fucking nihilistic terrorist bullshit. Fucking uh, commies. <laughs> fucking commies, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the theme that's going on here, right? Like the terrorists are trying to ruin Christmas. Well, they're just trying to ruin America. I know, but, but it's, like, it's at Christmas time that makes it even more like... I. This is... Okay, so this is written from an incredibly, like, advantageous anti-capitalist... Like, it's written by a capitalist who's writing it from an anti-capitalist stance. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm not sure I totally follow okay, you. Okay, so this is written by a person who is writing the like as like a complete. Like, what would the what would the commies want to do? Yeah. They'd want to destroy the mall. They'd exactly. want to destroy Christmas. That's <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking Fuckers. about. Like this is written from like not a perspective of like an actual socialist or like a, no, a communist. No. It's written by like. What, what would be would, the worst thing? What that would the, be the worst the, thing the, that the commies, that could commies do to us? are going to do? And it's going to be they're going to a ruin Christmas, b kill kids. Yeah, like it's it's like it's also in that like Reagan 
era. I don't know when this movie was made. But I'm yeah, eighty five. Yeah. yeah, so it's like that Reagan craziness of like yeah for sure yeah it's like what are the things that we love and if we were evil we'd try to take those things away we would try and take these things away this might be the most right-wing move we've ever (laughs) said that when we reviewed armageddon like a couple weeks ago yeah well guess what it's back (laughs) it's back baby uh it's oh man it's oh, amazing i mean it's fantastic so then when the villain he goes to like do that deal with uh billy drago um i can't i don't know what he's doing he's selling him something or he's buying something from him but then after he gets what he wants they get in a fight and he fucking shoots him in the dick well he's selling him coke oh yeah it's coke yeah yeah and he just shoots him in the dick about like three times <laughs> and then later he shoots somebody else in the dick too I was like this guy's got yeah, a thing. I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, "What the fuck is going on in this movie?" <laughs> yeah, either shoots people in the well, fucking face or in the dick. There's no in between. I mean, Americans love their dick. So <laughs> yeah, if you're going to take something away <laughs> from them, capitalists love their dick. So you got to take it away. Oh man, uh, yeah, but the mall. Okay, so the mall sequence. Okay, um, the, the, we should talk about like just the craziest stuff. Well, we that's talk, the craziest stuff. We talked briefly, so let's go for. Number one craziest scene for me is when they kill all those families. Yeah, with the rocket launchers and the so houses. So they, they literally just, like, kill f- entire f- households. Like, yeah, that is wild. Honestly, I couldn't help thinking in that scene, I mean, one, awesome. But two, <laughs> thinking, okay, this is a canon film. Like, there is a lot of locations in this movie. And... They're blowing up a lot of stuff. They blow up a lot of fucking stuff. Like, how much does this all cost? Where are they doing The most expensive canon films ever made. Possibly. They blew up a whole neighborhood. Blew up a whole neighborhood. Uh, They blew up that shack in the swamp. They blow up tons of cars. Uh, The sequence, there's like a chase sequence when they leave the mall where that girl is like being hung out the car door. Which is so awesome. It's so good. I love that. (laughs) Honestly. I watched that scene and I'm like, okay, he's just gonna let her go. No, he holds onto her the whole She's time. She's like hanging out the car window and, as they're having a high speed chase. And it's just like I imagine that they had a conversation about like, okay, this is what's gonna happen next. How can we make it like better? And it's like, oh, what? Why doesn't he like drag her by her hair or something the whole time? Yeah, how dangerous it's is that? Great, fucking it's a scene? great stunt. I mean, I mean, it's so it looks good. good. I, you, it's the kind of thing too, where it's the kind of thing you want to see in an action movie, but for some reason they never quite do it. They never do stuff like this. Like, like the villains are going all the way. There's no holding back. Like, I don't know. It just feels unrestrained in a way where other action movies are like, well, we can't do that. That's that's too much. You well, know, like, <laughs> and that's why I feel like it's refreshing in a way. And that's why I feel it's also such a good movie because it's probably one of the only movies I've seen in, a, in quite a while where it's like, I don't know what they're going to do next. Yeah, that's like, true. They're fucking crazy. They could do anything. They could do anything. And that's established. Like after those opening scenes on the boat and with the rocket launchers and the houses, they literally could do anything. Anything. <laughs> 
So then they start planting those bombs. The guy goes to the mall. Yeah. You got all the Santa lineups and all this stuff. And he like leaves the package. Yeah. I guess she's like, sir, you forgot your package. Sir. Hey, sir. Sir. <laughs> He's like, I don't think he wants his package, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like running. And then all of a sudden more guys are there, like planted guys are in the mall. And they pull out machine guns and start mowing sh- people down. Yeah. And it's just just chaos and then i don't know how chuck norris knew where they were no idea but he just drives into the mall in his truck (laughs) i mean but i do like that scene where um i mean he saves that bus yeah Um, with the bomb on it um but i do like that scene after where he shows up at a carnival and he's just like right because we didn't even see that right exactly he's just like Anytime I save one, they hit a hundred more or something. Like I can't be a everyone, and it's just like that's how huge of a scale. Like right, because they're doing this stuff all over the place. It's not just like he's at the action point. He's only at just one thing that's happening. He's at one thing, and yeah. that's what's crazy. Yeah, it's a very ambitious idea for a movie to be like, yeah, we're just going to have terrorists that try to take over the whole fucking country at once. But the the thing about that scene at the fair, it just like, it makes you realize it's so much bigger than what you're seeing. Yeah, it, it is, it's true. It, it establishes like there's a, a big scope of things that are going on because... I think this movie's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's so good. It's definitely easily the best Chuck Norris movie we've done. Best one I've seen. I mean, I still want to do like Lone Wolf McQuaid at some point. Um, right. Silent Rage. There's a couple. But I can't imagine one of them topping this because it's, it's just go for broke. Full bore canon. Now, now canon, this is why I, at some point we have to do Death Wish 3 because Death Wish 3 is on this level to me of craziness okay and like ninja three the domination is another one where it's just like they it's full-on canon and it's what i want from them right uh, so i don't know if other times they just couldn't get the money together to do everything they wanted to on movies or whatever but uh, i mean so this movie estimated budget 10 million dollars which is crazy yeah 10 million i mean i guess it's cheap to blow shit up especially if you do it in other countries not america yeah, um, I don't know where they shot this. I, I have no idea where they shot it. I mean, they could have gotten a grant or whatever if they were shooting somewhere like that, you know, Florida, where maybe movies aren't made that often um, or something. Worldwide, uh, they did seventeen million on this. Now, this is just off IMDb, so like, I don't, I don't know where they stop. Like, that doesn't include that doesn't include video or video and stuff, yeah, right? Which. Is where these canon movies make most of their money. For sure. And overseas and all that stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I just... To do a movie like this now, like, I can't imagine with all the practical effects and stunts, I can't imagine how expensive this movie would be. It would be... I think it would be very expensive. Like, uh, it's just... I want more of this. (laughs) Like, this is so good. I mean, it's so fun because there's no time to not be having fun. There's no real story stuff. You've got like the side character of the female reporter. You know, she shows up a handful of times, but it's very limited stuff. And like, you've got the two cops who are trying to like work this case. Are they FBI or are they cops? 
I think they're FBI, actually. Yeah. And then you've got the one guy that came to Chuck Norris in the first place to be like, hey, right. we know that this guy's entered the country. And he's like, I'm not taking, I'm not taking the job, blah, blah. You know, the yeah, typical, yeah. typical whatever stuff. shit. Once they blow up his house, then he's... He's in. He's going to kill him. I also like that the bad guy has nightmares about Chuck Norris. I know. He wakes up it's in a sweat. fucking genius. Because I, I imagine it went something like this. Okay, this guy is like, he'll do anything. He'll kill anybody. Like, he doesn't care. No limits. But how are we going to get it so that he has to, like, fight Chuck Norris or they have to meet? I know. He'll have, like, night terrors. <laughs> <laughs> about Chuck Norris because he's like we have to kill him first before we do all this stuff yeah because he keeps having the nightmares about him because they had obviously they had some past confrontation back when Chuck Norris was like an agent or whatever yeah but you know it doesn't go in it doesn't bother going into the details about what that was we just know that you know they were enemies from the past I honestly thought when they arrested him, he was going to be on TV and be like yeah I planned the whole thing or something like that try and take credit for some reason that's how he was gonna trick him oh, into just be like, like to piss him off just to piss him <laughs> off but no all he said is like oh yeah well why don't you come get me or whatever the fuck he said he's well he says like um he says it's still coming like you're you know the yeah. day the time for you to die he says that throughout the movie right, right. almost time for you to die <laughs> And then the, uh, we've lost one of our co-hosts here as we go on and on but uh, then the final sequence like in the building it's insane like oh, all I the know. army comes to sh- fight the ter- the hundreds of terrorists outside meanwhile chuck norris is fighting people inside the building it's i just bananas. love how there's so many people and how they just light up the office too like just shooting everywhere and he's like throwing people through walls and like <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's, it's there's great stuff there through the cubicles when he's like ducking in behind and then coming up and shooting guys and uh, and they they like build up this this sense like even with the reporter that he's like a ghost he's there and then he's not there. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So it, that's why at the end like the final fight scene it's like he's there and then he turns around and he's not there and it's like where is where do you go yeah you know he's like at that point he's toying with him he's just like fucking oh, yeah. with the guy because uh, he knows he's inside his head right like, yeah he's, like, he's working a psychological angle throughout the movie or is oh, like 100 percent. he tells that guy to give him the message tell him it's almost time to die <laughs> that's the other guy that he Yo. shoots in the dick afterwards <laughs> yeah right <laughs> tell him it's almost time to die <laughs> like that's the message but yeah he is working a psychological angle here where he's like putting the fear of himself chuck norris in this yeah, guy's yeah. mind like incepting yeah. it or whatever. I mean, I almost want to see the prequel to this. You? Oh yeah. <laughs> like all the shit that happened happened to them before. Before, where he has like night terrors, where he's wetting his bed about <laughs> Chuck Norris coming to get him. That was such a funny thing to have in the movie. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of a movie like that where a villain is like so afraid of the hero <laughs> that he's like having it's, feverish dreams about it. It's kind of like it, he was fine. Like, the thing is, is, and that's where he makes the mistake, right? The villain. It's, if you had just gone on with your plan yeah. and not gone to kill Chuck Norris. None of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. It would have totally worked out. You had to go try and kill him because you just couldn't let it go. Yeah. This wasn't Chuck Norris's fight. He wasn't going to get involved. He was fine wrestling alligators. <laughs> wrestling gators. Yeah, that's a good point. If yeah. he hadn't drawn him in, none of this would have happened. But yeah, the final confrontation, 
and then they like they're gonna have a rocket launcher off <laughs> showdown <laughs> like they both have a bazooka yeah oh man and then he blows him out the window great great shit yeah i dipped out for a second i'm sorry guys like i had to just go take care of some stuff but i feel like you guys are kind of like wrapped everything up i mean like, i mean we hit on most of the, of the big things i think uh we talked about the mall stuff we talked about the chase sequence the it did the, far, the huge army attacking all the guys outside at the yeah, end yeah i i did have a thing at the end where i was like i was like watching this movie and like i said i watched this movie in like in three parts right does seem kind of abrupt that all of a sudden like the entire force of the army yeah i guess it's supposed is it the national guard or something i don't know i, I think it is the i don't national think the national guard. guard has tanks i think they said hmm. the national guard okay well <laughs> well they have tanks in this fucking movie <laughs> that just, they use <laughs> the movie is weird i, I think I, it's I, the same in um rambo first blood Oh yeah, I because I, those guys are national. Guard yeah, they too. bring in. Yeah, right. They drove and, straight to hope, and they have tanks, don't they? I think I they know. might have. I don't recall. What? But they get used in this fucking movie. Like they oh, come in with tanks yeah. and they're blowing shit up. Uh, those, when those guys all arrive on the trucks, all the terrorist guys, they like cut through the like roadblock to get to that building that Jack, Chuck Norris is in. Yeah, they are like flying in, and it, and it's like truck loads full of dudes. They're in the back. And they're just all indiscriminately shooting their guns everywhere. I just thought that shit was so funny. They, like, get out of the truck, and there's clearly, like, no one around because they're just shooting this scene. But, like, they're just shooting, like, shooting here, shooting there, shooting everywhere. Yeah, but that reminds me of, uh, what's the Schwarzenegger movie um, where his daughter gets kidnapped? Commando. Commando. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's hard commando vibes. There were some commando vibes, I agree. Yeah, like... I still don't understand how Chuck Norris survived that. What? Like, everything. <laughs> everything. Well, he's Chuck Norris. I mean, like, he, he should have gotten mowed he's down. He's got a fucking Canadian tuxedo on. He's Oh, hell yeah. He's doing what he needs to do. Loving it. He comes out on the roof when that helicopter is there. Like, the bad guys had landed in that helicopter, and he just blows it up with yeah. a rocket launcher. I mean, they don't hesitate to blow everything no, up. No, I mean, is this, like, at the top of the list of movies that would have, like, the most um, innocent people mowed down. Quite possibly. I mean, that you and, see. And, yes. and I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking to like. Oh, hey, we dropped a bomb here and killed a bunch. Yeah, of there is the I'm scene talking. in Die Hard Two where they the, they blow up. They make that plane crash that's full of people, and you. It first has the scenes where it's showing you all the people on the plane. They're talking to the the a flight attendant and all this right. stuff and be like oh here's this old lady and these kids and whatever yeah, yeah. and then it shows it like brutally crash and explode and that was like a controversial thing at the time i remember when that movie came out so that's like a couple hundred people dying but they're all dying at once in an explosion right. this is like through the whole movie people are getting like mowed down. usually you see it like commando pretty much all the bad guys die there's like yeah, there's not a uh like even when they're in the mall, like when he's chasing, uh, yeah, Sully. Sully in the mall, there's not like people being mowed down. True, yeah. So, but here it's just like, hey, innocent bystanders, they all are taking well, the bullet. Yeah, mowed down. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> civilians versus Death Star. Like it's like on the Death Star, those people were all a part <laughs> of. A Kevin Smith argument, like they were uh, all, but they're independent contractors. 
They were. They're just trying to put food on the table, John. They also knew the job they took, whereas, like, this is, like, they're just blowing up bungalows full of, like, families. They're fucking capitalists. American scum. Okay, so they know what they're doing. Well, the argument could be made that the people who were blown up were not actual capitalists. The capitalists were the people who employed them. They were just people who were caught up in a capitalist system. <laughs> okay, so well, now we're getting into slaves. some details. So now, we, I mean, like, it depends on what you want. So either way, the communists are freeing them? <laughs> Well, there's that line too. It bring like back to what you had said earlier, John, where they shows the guys, the bad guys, sitting at that cafe outside, and the and they're on the radio. The news is talking about the terrorist attacks, and yeah. the one guy's like, "Oh, you know, I always thought they." Uh, he says something about like they never did a good enough job or before or something, or or we've invaded everywhere, so it makes sense that they finally came here or something like to that effect. Right. I was like, oh, that's a weird line to throw in there. The movie is, the movie is complete also, coming from everywhere. Also, what's with this movie and, like, portable television? Yeah, yeah, they're watching those people that are going to fuck on the beach yeah. have a portable TV. They're watching, like, some old talk that show or something. That was fucking crazy. <laughs> so, did you ever have an experience in your entire life, Dustin, with a portable television? Uh, I feel like yes, but I nothing like where I don't think I had one on a beach or anything like that. <laughs> so can I tell you my yeah most vivid memory of a portable television was we had one. It was super small. It was like three inches. Yeah, right. Uh, it was like a, a radio type thing. Like it was uh, about I don't know like like a foot. And a half, maybe. Is that like an emergency kit kind of one, Type, or like? No, I don't. I don't know about that. But it was so we had this. This is when we lived, James and I, when we lived in Ontario, mm-hmm. and uh, for some reason that motherfucker got television stations that our regular TV wouldn't get. <laughs> it also got radio stations that would play audio from television stations, like like like. So you'd be an FM. Yeah. And you could listen to, listen to listen things. to the episode of Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Weird. exactly. So I would watch <laughs> Monday. I would watch Monday Night Raw as like an eight year old or a nine year old or whatever. <laughs> but you could listen to it and watch it on this like like tiny three <laughs> well, look, inch it's Vader. <laughs> yeah, this three inch um, screen. And if you couldn't, you could listen to it. Weird. Yeah. You could just hear the audio of it. I know I've watched one somewhere. Some friend of mine or somebody had one. And I think I'm watching one on a sleepover somewhere or something. But yeah, th- this one is like, hey, you know, they're so American that they can't help but watch TV while they're hanging out on the beach. But even the terrorists are watching a portable television at that cafe. Isn't that yeah. just a commentary? Oh, I thought it was a radio, st- a radio, but yeah, maybe you're right. But isn't that just a commentary on how... Aren't we all capitalists? <laughs> yeah. Once they get here, they just convert. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, rate, I think we've talked about all the things. This fucking movie? Yeah. I mean, what a great Christmas present. Honestly, this was a treat. <laughs> it really was. This is James's favorite fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, so at some point we're going to have to do Death, Death Wish 3 and Ninja 3 The Domination because those are the only other two canon movies I've seen that are as wild as this one. This is like... Um, I can't imagine any of the other Chuck Norris movies 
are as good as this movie. I know it is hard to think that there would be um, a better one. Dustin, rate this movie. Uh, well, my reaction is a seven. My overall score is a six point four. Had a hell of a good time with it. Uh, my reaction is eight. Fucking loved it. It was great. <laughs> uh, overall score six point eight. Wow, James Hyatt, the highest today. The highest. Yeah, and I'm going to go with a 6 and a 5.8. This one, I think, is a banger, guys. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for something that's just nuts and nonstop, this is a, this I, is a good candidate. I, I should I, say, this movie fucks. <laughs> there you go. So here's the thing, though. Like For us, if a movie is above 6, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have a lot of... The Fifth Element is a 6.1. Like, we have a lot of movies that are... Yeah, but we also... And like we said, we some of these things you grade on a curve. So, like, The Fifth Element, technically, is it a better movie than Invasion USA? Probably. Uh, is there, but are there things that are detract that detract from it when you're looking at it as, a like, a major Hollywood movie? You expect a certain amount of yeah, something from totally. it. Yeah, I, I think well, you do. When it's a canon movie, you're just like, okay, it's canon... You're on a different tier than the Hollywood movies, so you let certain things slide, and you kind of have different expectations. The other so. thing is, is also is that this is our list, and I've realized over the years that I'm going to be unapologetic right. about how things are. Like this is just the way it is. Like fucking deal with it. That's how it is. So I, oh, I forgot to mention one last thing though, which is those prick FBI guys when they bust Chuck Norris. Yeah, they're like so proud of themselves. Oh, fuck yeah! And they're like, nobody's above the law, Mister. I love like, that. I love that though. He's the only one out there doing a goddamn thing about the fact that their country's been invaded by terrorists. Be, because I feel like it's a uh, like Chuck Norris is like laughing on the inside. Like, yeah, he doesn't seem to give a shit. He doesn't react to them coming through the windows or anything. That's the okay. The best thing, like the thing is, is like the script is not that great. He doesn't have that much to do other than one liners, but it's just like so perfect because it's just so Chuck Norris. Yeah. And oh, yeah. well, cause there's, and there's that scene where they try to blow up that church and he's like, got the bomb and then he like drops it on. Him. He's like, <laughs> works now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah. good. good. So stuff. this is uh overall score. 6.3. So this is tied with number 76, 48 Hours, and number Ooh. 77, Taken. Ooh. I'll go first because I'm going to go 48 Hours is better. I enjoy that movie a lot more. So that's number one, Taken. I'm going to put this above Taken, but behind 48 Hours. James? Um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. And uh, I would put it ahead of both. Wow. I, um, yeah, like this This is a banger of a movie. And 48 Hours, I, I do like 48 Hours. I feel like I'd probably watch Beverly Hills Cop before I'd watch 48 mm. Hours. But, um, and Taken has, has a, like its own place. Um, Wait, Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, it's not on the list. He's saying he prefers it. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Um, so yeah, so for me it would go ahead of both. Uh yeah, and I mean I had a lot of fun with this, but I have to admit that 48 hours is a better movie. Yeah, fair enough. Uh it's just so much enjoyable stuff going on between Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy in the movie. And it still has good action. Obviously it's not balls to the wall like this movie, but 
this would really be a mood thing depending on what you felt like watching but i would have to put it in the middle i would put it ahead of taken and after 48 hours okay so that would be our new 77 77 yeah i think that's fair i mean fuck we were just talking about this like james and i with like dean our last guest Mm. that we had and it's just this list is fucking crazy (laughs) but it's like i feel like i have to like apologize or like no you said you're gonna be unapologetic i don't give a fuck about it is what it is our list (laughs) it is what it is and dean dean really i think took that like brought that out of me and being like we're talking about it and being like yeah this is our list like who cares yeah i i owe nothing to anybody true Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please check us out on the BFOP network and check out all of our sister brother uh, podcasts. Um, check us out on Patreon at Action Action Podcast, on Instagram at Action Action Podcast, and we will see you next week.